In one of the most shameful things I have seen our country do, and I've seen our country do a lot of shameful things over the years, uh, we are now becoming a nation that is putting in systematic racism. I think we've been a country that's been trying to get rid of all the systematic racism. Uh, I think, you know, we made some great steps in the 1960s and have been moving towards that ever since. Well, we're now being taught that you have to see everything through the lens of uh, race. And and that's why when uh, Joe Biden decided to give loan forgiveness to the farmers of America, I thought, okay, well, that's that's nice. That's nice. Except it only goes to minorities. If you're white and a farmer, mm, we're not going to forgive your loan. We can't help you out on that. Excuse me? That seems like it might be unconstitutional. Well, some farmers who are white, so therefore not disadvantaged, uh, they're suing. And we're going to talk to one of the farmers and the attorney involved in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. I love these people who are pushing back on the system. Now, imagine your car is just broken down the side of the road. You're facing the grim reality that you're about to be on the hook for maybe a couple thousand bucks. You know, and that is if you can get the chips that have to uh, be replaced. Your car is broken down on the side of the road uh, and you don't know what to do. Now, imagine you're broken down on the side of the road and you're really kind of pissed because you got things to do. But... You can call and you know a tow truck's going to come and take the car away and you're not going to pay for it and you're going to get roadside assistance and you're going to get a rental car. So when yours is in the shop, uh, you don't have to worry about it. You're still doing the things that, you know, help keep cash coming into the, the household. Oh, and by the way, you don't have to worry about what the mechanic is charging because it's covered under CarShield. I think I pick option number two, CarShield. CarShield.com. Use the promo code Beck and save 10% right now. CarShield.com, promo code BECK, save 10%, deductible, may apply. What is truly amazing to me is the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021, President Joe Biden's signature COVID-19 relief legislation, provides billions of dollars of debt relief to socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. But the law's definition of socially disadvantaged includes explicit racial classifications. Farmers and ranchers must be black or African-American, American Indian, Alaskan Native, Hispanic, Latino, or Asian American or Pacific Islander. Other farmers, white farmers, are not eligible. Hmm. I've been waiting for this day for farmers to stand up and legally fight this. Adam Faust, he is uh, a farmer suing the government for loan forgiveness. Uh, He and I think four other farmers join him. He's the representative today on the program, along with the deputy counsel for the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, Dan Lennington. Dan, how are you? Good, uh, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. You bet. And Adam, how are you, sir? Doing well. Thank you. You are a uh, dairy farmer? That's correct. Can you tell me about your your farm? 
Uh, yeah, I milk uh, about 70 Holstein cows, uh, farm about 200 acres of land to provide feed for those cows. Um, we're just a small, traditional stall barn dairy farm. Okay. And you've had a rough go of it. I know, I, I know dairy farms have had a rough go of it for a long time now, but you've been having a rough go? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, the last couple of years, the prices have been depressed. And uh, then when COVID hit, took a real toll. Okay. And you're white, so you're not disadvantaged. Right. right. Exa- exactly. Right. So, so Dan, tell me about the case. So, Glenn, we, we filed this in federal court last Thursday. We filed against the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The, the American Rescue Plan contains $4 billion of loan forgiveness, as you said. What that means is that if you're a farmer who has taken out a loan, uh, you're going to get 100% of that loan forgiven, plus 20% is going to be deposited directly into your bank account. So it's not uncommon for a farmer to take out a million dollar loan for property, for commodities, for land or operating expenses. So if you were a farmer uh, who took out a million dollar loan, say in December, uh, you would get $1.2 million in return. And then you could also sell the crop that you were going to grow and make a profit off of that. This sounds like a great program, but uh, guess what? You don't get it if you're white. Uh, So that's the only requirement is that you're not white and you get the money. So, um, but it says disadvantaged and Adam, I doubt Adam would call himself disadvantaged, but uh, you know, being a double amputee uh, might not be an advantage uh, of getting up every morning and milking the cows in the stalls. He's not included. Uh, no, it's... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh so, Dan, who are the other farmers and what does it mean if you win or lose? Uh, the other farmers are from uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, South Dakota, Ohio. I've been on the phone with, with dozens and dozens of other farmers around the country who feel the same way. Uh, they, they don't really want any special treatment. What they want is to be treated equally. Right. So, I mean, this is really a sad chapter in our American history. Our, our country was founded on equality, right? We teach our kids that um, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, right? So in the Abraham Lincoln, again, rededicated our country to equality. Martin Luther King dedicated our country to the colorblind society. All those ideas of equality are now being swept away. This is the opening kickoff. In, in the wars of, of racism and anti-racism and critical race theory, this was the opening salvo. This is, there is more to come from the Biden administration, and you're going to be hearing this, um, this song repeated over and over that we need to do something about those white people, and we need to reverse the tables on them, which is what exactly is happening here. So, Dan, if you win, it could have far-reaching consequences, and the same if, if, you, if you lose. Right. So the U.S. Supreme Court has said in past cases that uh, the government cannot use racism to cure racism. Um, if they're going to use um, some discrimination against people, they have to have it for a very limited time. It has to be 
narrowly tailored. It has to be targeted to remedy past wrongs in very specific circumstances. You should think like school desegregation was a time where race was considered a factor and the government rightly desegregated schools. But when the government now uh, uses the excuse of systemic racism as their reason for doing this, um, the question is, where does it stop? What is the logical stopping point? If the government is allowed to use racism and use race discrimination to cure societal discrimination, uh, what else can they do? And the Supreme Court has rejected that. And they've said, um, you can't do that. There's no logical stopping point. And so if, if the Supreme Court backs down from that principle, uh, it's going to be a, a very long and winding road down this, uh, this tunnel of critical race theory and uh, systemic racism. So, Dan, you're in Wisconsin, which amazes me. Uh, Wisconsin is a very progressive state. It's important to make sure that this goes to the right court. Uh, do you, what, what are you looking at? Who are you bringing this to? So we're bringing it to the, a federal uh, judge in Wisconsin um, and the Green Bay Division of the Eastern District of Wisconsin. Um, we're um, going to litigate it there. Uh, we might ask the judge to put the law on hold while it gets evaluated. We think that's reasonable. Uh, there are uh, there's another lawsuit in Texas um, that's going on. I've heard rumors that there are other law firms who are going to be getting in the mix at West. Uh, so I, I, I say as far as the litigation strategy, the more the merrier. Um, we need to put the burden on the government to explain why race discrimination is important. Um, and uh, we need to have them put them to the test and have them explain themselves. It's we're the citizens. It's not our burden to prove that this law is is uh, bad. They have to prove this law is right. They have to prove that we should retreat from the principles of equality and we should retreat from what is the foundational principle uh, that all people are created equal and we, we should be treated as individuals. Adam, you know, that's what's lost in this. Uh, Adam, I assume you're not a suing guy. You're not one that sues everybody at the drop of a hat. Uh, no. Okay. Um, I'm pretty happy just to be here and milk my cows. Yeah. So tell me what what made you sign up for this? What drove you to this? Um, well, from the time that I saw this all playing out and the proposal of this act, it really bothered me that there would be that the government would turn its back on its citizens and do something that's racist, which is against the fabric of our country. And as uh, time went on and didn't see anything really happening, I, I kind of assumed that there'd be organizations that would jump on this immediately and they not see anything happening. I thought, well, somebody has to get involved and has to represent agriculture. I mean, agriculture, is not is not built on a bunch of racist people and yeah I, how is it i've i've heard from a lot of people and supporting us and thanking us for for stepping up and and trying to take care of this well adam i'm a small farmer and a small rancher myself and i thank you for it um i don't want the loan nor would i would i apply for the loan 
Um, but I have been deeply offended, and so have all of the farmers around my farm. Uh, we all feel the same way. The, the farming community is a tight-knit community. We all help each other. We don't care about your politics or anything else. We help each other because we know at some point we're going to need the help and we're going to need everybody else to help us. And it's a great community that does help each other. And uh, the division that this creates, I mean, you want to talk about dividing people. How hard is it to divide farmers? Uh, I mean, unless it's, a, unless it's a squabble over water, pretty damn hard. Yep. Adam, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And Dan, when does this go to court? Well, the United States uh, has uh, a few weeks in which to respond to this. And, and uh, as I said, in the meantime, we may have to ask the, the judge to put this law on hold um, before the, the money starts uh, going out. And do you have the money to fight the United States government on this? We are a nonprofit law firm in Wisconsin, Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. And we uh, exist purely on the kindness of others and donations. And And, uh, anybody who wants more information can go to our website at will-law.org. W-I-L-L-law.org? Yes. Okay. Will-law.org. Thank you so much, Dan. Best of luck to you and your team. Adam, God bless you, man. Keep milking those cows. Appreciate it. You bet. Bye-bye. Oh, last thing I'd ever want to be is a dairy farmer. Oof. Oof. I don't even want to live around a dairy farm. Seems like hard work. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Really hard. Every day, more and more people are discovering the wonders of rough greens for their dogs. I have seen what it has done to my own dog, Uno. Always been a very picky eater. I mean, that's at best. Picky eater is at best. He just wouldn't eat at times. You had to stand there and watch him and don't move. If you move, he stops eating. And he looks at you like, are you leaving? Because I'm ready to go. I don't like this food that much. No matter what he was eating. Then we started putting rough greens on top of his food. And now he runs to his bowl. And just the other day, I was telling Tanya, have you noticed how he is like licking the bowl clean? This is dry food we're putting in there. He's licking the bowl and she said, no, I haven't seen that. And I said, well, you've been gone for a couple of weeks. Watch. Watch tonight. He pushes it again. We just keep hearing his bowl slamming against the, the wall of the, of the um, uh, coat room where we feed him. And it's like he is trying to get every crumb out of that bowl. It's amazing. Get a free bag right now, just a little bag just for your dog to try out. All you have to do is pay for shipping. They'll ship it out to you. Just see if your dog will eat it because they don't want you buying a full bag if, you know, if, you're, if your dog's not going to eat it. It will, it will change your dog. Not only his eating habits, but it will change your dog's health. I've seen it in my own dog. You give this a few months and you won't believe the difference. It's Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck, or you can call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. 10 seconds, station ID. There is a one-hour live stream broadcast premiering May 4th. That's today. Uh, It's America Salutes 2021. Join me tonight as we celebrate the uh, National Military Appreciation Month. 
by watching the premiere of America Salutes 2021. It's a star-studded virtual tribute to our class of 21, uh, 2021 high school enlistees. These are the people who are in high school and they've decided that they're going to go into the military. It is uh, premiering tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. I, I highly recommend there's a, a, a thank you uh, from uh, a, a video thank you and a card, if you will, that everybody can sign. And it really, truly makes a big deal uh, if uh, if people sign it. It, it's, it. it shows the Americans are, you know, behind you. We're behind you as you go into the um, into the service. Uh, go to americasalutes.us, americasalutes.us. Again, that happens tonight, a one-hour live stream broadcast tonight at 7 p.m. The encore is at 9 p.m. Eastern. And uh, make sure that you go to americasalutes.us and just sign a thank you. We appreciate your service for all of these uh, young kids. How you doing, Stu? You look a little war-weary today. Yeah, this is kind of a scary show. Uh, the only thing entertaining me on the other side, as you are talking about our, our economy collapsing, I'm just watching Dogecoin uh, rise. Uh, and, I mean, we're all going to be billionaires on Dogecoin. So that's the opposite. I mean, now our dollars aren't going to be worth anything. That's, that's right, important to know. Right. But at least we'll have tons of Dogecoin to now, spend. Now, when I said Doge, Dogecoin wasn't worth anything last time, it was worth less than a cent. How much is it worth now? Oh, well, Dogecoin is now at 51 cents. Holy 55 cow. cents. I Holy lost the page. Yeah. Um, so if you would have put it in, what was it? 0.6? Like a year ago, it was like 0.2 cents. 0.2 cents. So currently it's at 51. So you'd be, you're about 250 times your money from a year ago. So a thousand dollars invested, you would be two hundred fifty thousand. Uh yes, a lot of millionaires uh, made on Dogecoin, and I do think we hit actually I think fifty eight or fifty nine cents earlier today, uh, and a lot of this may be leading into Elon Musk going on Saturday Night Live, which everyone seems to think he's going to mention Dogecoin, uh, which will make it go even higher. I, it's so ridiculous, but it's fun to it's fun to play along at home. It is especially at fifty cents. Yeah, because you can just kind of pop in there. Get yeah. a few, you know, maybe you have a couple of hundred extra bucks laying around. Yeah. Uh, laying around, yeah. It's just gambling. It's all the time. It and is gambling. It, it is, is gambling. Well, when the government's sending you $1,400 checks, maybe you're taking a couple hundred bucks uh, of that and popping you know, it into Dogecoin. Casinos are doing really well. Casinos are doing well. Mm -hmm. There's a great story in the Washington Post. I mean this sincerely. They actually did some really good journalism about an, about an immigrant who came over here, built the American dream by renting out homes to people around uh, a, a, a depressed community uh, that was coming back. I think it was, it was Connectedy, I think it was. Um, and, oh, it's Connectedy came back. Uh, well, apparently, uh, it had, you know, it, it, it had, oh, no, yeah. at the low point, it kind of came back. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, long story short, they have t sent a bunch of money to the people who are renting his homes, and they have told them they don't have to pay any rent. So now he's paying all of the taxes and all of the costs of the home, but he can't remove any of the people because there's a moratorium on evictions and none of them actually have to pay rent because of the laws. They haven't said, because I guess he's an evil rich person, this immigrant who came over here and built the American dream from scratch. He has to now sit here and go bankrupt because he can't pay any of his own tax bills 
because none of his renters are actually paying rent. And they're all protected, so they just stay is in there. Is he protected from forbearance? Do you know? Forbearance I, is what, you know, they don't have to pay their mortgage or they don't have to pay their rent. Mm-hmm. Because it's his mortgage, I wonder if he gets forbearance. That's a good question. I don't know if he's paid for these houses in advance. I didn't go into that much detail on on his particular point other than to say that the ongoing costs of of his uh, places he had to keep paying. Um, now, look, he had built you know a business up he wasn't you know they're not saying he wasn't wealthy wealthy but he was doing relatively well now he's on the verge of bankruptcy with he's run up all of his credit card bills to pay these things and he can't do anything people are just ignoring him and he's looking through the windows and seeing big screen tvs inside the houses oh my gosh can you i mean can you imagine how oh frustrating this is? you know the government tries these little fix-it plans and a lot of people get left out of them and i think i think this case we can make a good good case that it's uh, intentional they're intentionally leaving people out mm. this is the Glenn Beck program Groucho Marx uh, once said I refuse to join any club that would have me as a member well that's good in the world of comedy but these days you need to join groups that will not only have you as a member but which stand for the same things that you do I don't know if you've heard of AMAC yet, the Association of Mature American Citizens, but it is, you know, it's a group that will give you all the discounts for seniors and everything else. But also, it's an advocacy group that now has over 2 million members, and they're growing. They represent courage, faith, reason, all the things, solvency, all the things that we were taught growing up, all the things we know to be true, national security, sovereignty over unchecked borders, uh, you know, your money is your money. AMAC, they've been pushing for about 12 years now, pushing back on the machine and the radical left's socialist agenda. And they do make a difference. But there's power in numbers. Join them today. Go to amac.us slash Beck. That's amac.us slash Beck. A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. With all this hyperinflation coming, a Blaze TV subscription could be a million dollars by tomorrow. Wow. Wow. Don't miss your chance now. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Save 10 bucks. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Uh, just a few minutes ago, I was talking about a uh, program uh, that I'm involved with tonight, americasalutes.com. Uh, it is a... Uh, it's a celebrity you know i mean when i say celebrities people you like um (laughs) that uh are involved in saluting uh those uh, high school students that have chosen to go into the military it's just this kind of cool little tribute program it happens tonight and it's only on americansalutes.com and you can sign a uh a thank you card there as you go and get ready for it as well but that is tonight americasalutes.com Tomorrow night on the blazetv.com, blazetv.com, I'm going to debunk the three big lies about systematic racism. When the left talks about systematic racism, they conveniently uh, leave out a few things. And one of those few things is the uh, willingness to include Asian Americans from that. Asian Americans are so uh, overlooked and and they they are um, 
they are they're said to overperform. Uh, they uh, don't represent any real any real minority, uh, and that's why they're uh, excluded from many Ivy League schools now because there's just too many of them, and they do too well. Oh. And now all of, of course, the uh, the hatred uh, of Asians, which honestly, I don't even understand. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, we had Asians were our neighbors and friends and I don't even understand it. But uh, I guess that's uh, that's going on. Yukon uh, Zhao is with us now. He is the co-founder and president of Asian American Coalition for Education. And we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the discrimination against Asians. Um, you actually sent a letter to the attorney general criticizing the Biden administration and their approach on fighting against anti-Asian violence and hate crimes. Did you not? Uh, yes. Uh, thank you for having me. Sure. Yeah. I, on April 6th, on behalf of the American Coalition for Education, I sent a letter to U.S. Attorney General Garland because the three the following three reasons. First, the data and facts point out over majority of the violent attack on Asian Americans were reported in states that either reduced funding for police or released many violent criminal irresponsibly during the COVID-19 pandemic, such as New York, California. But in the, in the states who voted for President Trump, like uh, Texas and uh, Florida, there was very little reporting. So actually, the primary reason is the early release of violent wow. criminals on the street. So but the Biden administration, they put a wrong blame to like President Trump to the white supremacists. That is the number one. I would I would love to just blindly go with you because you're saying what I like to hear. But do you have anything to back up the the fact that these crimes are not being reported in in Florida and in Texas, but in California and New York and the connection to the release of violent prisoners? Uh, Yeah, actually. Uh, in Washington, uh, in New York Post, uh, on April the 10th, another Chinese American called uh, Wai Wao Qin, she published an article. She documented from end of February to end of the March about six uh, like uh, incident, virtuous attack on Asian American. All of them were like people of color, were a violence. You know, some of them really released early release of the like criminals example a 65 years old filipino in middletown was attacked on april 6th right and that person actually was a criminal being early released he was put into like a marriott some downtown you know hotel huh. democratic mayor treated him very well but this guy attacked you know he murdered his mother many years ago but he was early released so that's a lot of data I also listened to another, like, Department of Justice uh, seminar, like, in South Florida. In over the last few years, you know, that was only one hate crime against Asians. That happened before President Trump. You know, there was no other, like, uh, you know, Uh. hate crime in South Florida. Uh, Like, the U.S. Attorney's Office in South Florida. 
this is a huge contrast. Tell me about you. You asked for the politicians and the media to stop labeling Asian Americans as overrepresented, overrepresented or privileged. Tell me about that. Yeah, that is another source of like uh, hate crime, you know, against Asian Americans because you know Asian Americans we never been uh, like in a position making the national policy, right? We never been uh, privileged. You know, the reason we have good performance in the education because we emphasize education. We are hardworking, right? So, but, you know, these politicians from the left, they label us as overrepresented. And in Department of Education in New York City, some politicians even label us as privileged. Mm-hmm. So this absolutely will lead to the hatred towards Asian America. It's totally baseless, it's, you know, it's, it's re- irresponsible. I will tell you, this is a this is a really hasty generalization or overgeneralization. But when I think of Asian kids in school, I think they are smart, not because they're born smarter. The the culture, the family culture emphasizes hard work, emphasizes study. And so they perform well. And instead of, you know, uh, people saying that they're privileged, we should be saying, what are you guys doing and how are you doing it? Because, I mean, it's working for you. Exactly. You know, I you know, used to work at like a big corporation. We promote best practice. Unfortunately, in America right now, the liberals don't want to really help the other minority, like black and Hispanic, to really lift them up, you know, help them improve the parenting, you know, promote the this kind of pro-education culture. They just want to bring Asian American down. That is wrong. So how are we doing on the progress in universities? Because it seems to be getting worse. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, it's good news and bad news. The bad news is radical left. They initiate a nationwide campaign to cancel the standard test. That is a sort of American meritocracy. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons they gave is there are too many Asians in the college, right? That is the bad news. The good news is student for further admission, their lawsuit already petitioned to the U.S. Supreme Court. Hopefully, if the U.S. Supreme Court takes this case, we may be able to strike down the systematic racism against Asian Americans, which is race-based affirmative action. They say that meritocracy, your belief in meritocracy, uh, is just you um, playing into the white supremacist view of work hard and you'll get somewhere and you're only playing the white supremacy game to get ahead which i think is a pretty racist thing to say on multiple levels uh but one of which would be they are saying then that meritocracy doesn't exist in in asian culture at all that doesn't seem correct no it's totally wrong actually Meritocracy stem from China. 
about a thousand years ago, China already implemented imperial like uh, testing system. All the officials need pass test to become like a government official, all the applicants, right? That happened uh, over a thousand, uh, over a thousand years ago. Actually, worldwide, all the nation learn from that. And in China, we had the National College entrance exam. You know, you, I tell you one story. During Chinese Cultural Revolution, Mao Zedong, the dictator, he was to bring so-called equity to the workers, to soldiers, to peasants. He stopped the college entrance exam. You guess what? China's economy, technology, innovation, everything collapsed. So America should take a lesson, should not repeat that kind of mistake China had about like half a century ago. So tell me this. You know that story. I know that story. How, Yukon, how does this, how do the, do the people in Washington know, because they must know that what they're doing is going to damage America and our position to a great extent, or are they just dumb? Uh, I, I want to say, you know, some, you know, particularly in people in Washington and some local, uh, you know, local government, many of them are playing dirty identity politics. Why? Because many mayors in all inner city, liberal uh, mayors, they failed the black and Hispanic children miserably in under their watch, like New York City, right? Like the Hispanic and black, their English proficiency and the mass proficiency is less than half of the white and the Asian, right? Mm-hmm. But if they failed miserably, you guess what? He wants to continue getting the votes. So they, uh, he tried to change the like entrance exam for the mm-hmm. New York specialized high school. For the same reason, many politicians want to change, uh, impose respect in college admission. So they use Asian children, also many times white children, as a scapegoat for their policy failure to solve the issue in the black, too many black and Hispanic community. I thank you for um, standing up and being a voice in reason, especially in a time when nobody seems willing to. Yukon Zhao is uh, our guest, and you can follow him and find more information at um, AsianAmericanForEducation.org. That's AsianAmericanForEducation.org. Thank you so much, Yukon. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You bet. Bye-bye. Tomorrow, we're going to be debunking all of these lies uh, that the left is telling us. I mean, Al Sharpton was amazing. What was it yesterday where he's like, you're telling me? Come on, you can't tell me America's not a racist nation. Really? Now we have to defend that we're not? Isn't that itself against the American system? You're, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. Now they've flipped it. <laughs> Prove to me. Show me that you're not a racist. Right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we're going to take it apart tomorrow uh, on Blaze TV, and we really could use your uh, subscription. We 
we need you as a partner and a family member of Blaze. Join us at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks. Yeah, people always say like, you know, everyone's doing all this stuff. We need to actually do something about it. We need to do something. And I thought about that because people, you say that all the time now. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what Blaze TV is. That's That was you doing something many yeah, years ago. Being like, hey, we need to do something. Yeah. And then you did something. And, and now, here it is. And now they're telling so me please join. Do something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, so, so do come something. Come a long way on yeah. this already. Join us. We were, you know, we were the first uh, in and uh, we are now the largest group of conservatives, uh, the largest conservative subscription program in the world. And uh, you're joining a big, big family and we appreciate it. Join us. America. Uh, you can do that now at Blaze TV dot com slash Glenn save 10% now use the promo code Glenn American financing uh, this today I've been talking to you a lot uh, in the first two hours if you missed this show make sure you get it on podcast uh, the first two hours of this program really really important about what's coming and I said at the beginning uh, of the show you're going to need the the phone number 800-906-2440 and you'll understand why by the end of the show, if you've been listening to the whole show, you know exactly why. You've got to get the credit card. You've got to get rid of that. You've got to put that on your mortgage and let that mortgage pay off the credit card company so you don't have that monkey on your back. Interest rates there are going to go crazy. Uh, the same thing could be with the with the mortgage of your house. Bank of America said yesterday that at the very least, am I quoting, Stu? Get, make sure I get this right. At the very least, we are looking at transitory, transitory, hyperinflation, 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 hyperinflation. But it's only going to be temporary. Transitory. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, American financing. Call them right now. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. The only way to stop hyperinflation is to make more stuff and burn dollars. And the only way you burn dollars is higher interest rates. American Financing, 800-906-2440. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, Uh, I've been listening to this MIT uh, podcast for a while, and it's about uh, coming technology. And the latest one was about how easy it is now to uh, reproduce a voice. Oh, oh, good. Fake voices. Good. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's a story. We should get into this tomorrow. Although maybe that means we don't have to come into I work. I did think of that. I could be in my jammies <laughs> in bed with a typewriter. I just type it in. I like it, Stu. <laughs>